Welcome to Sunday Night Dinner, a podcast that cooks. I'm Suzanne Hancock. When I first went to school in London, I went to um, Cordon Bleu. And down the road from Cordon Bleu, the school, um, there was this beautiful cook shop called Divertimente. I'm going to say I went in 1977. And so copper was affordable, not cheap, but affordable. And it was like, it was only French cooking that counted then. Like there was Mm -hmm. nothing else around. It was French cooking or you weren't cooking. So I would, I loved these pots and I would buy a pot every time I would go to London because I was a flight attendant and I would collect my pots and it took me it's a 30-year love affair with my pots if you want to see chef karen mcsherry's collection of copper pots there's a small but beautiful photo at the back of her new cookbook the pots hang like jewels from the ceiling of her kitchen symbols of pride and memories she loved these pots so much that she even introduced the concept of a layaway plan to an antiques dealer in amsterdam She would give him 50 guilders towards a prized pot each time she'd fly through the city until she finally owned it. Eight pots in 15 years, she said. Flight attendant perks also meant free flights, which for Karen meant cooking classes around the globe. She took classes in Bangkok, Tokyo, New York City, Lisbon, and as she mentioned, she went to one of the most celebrated schools, the Cordon Bleu in London. And she became an amazing, well-rounded chef. At the beginning of her new cookbook, Starters, Salads, and Sexy Sides, Chef Lynn Crawford writes, Karen McSherry is truly a Canadian culinary icon. I can tell you that she is one of the most passionate, talented, generous, smart, creative, hilarious, life-loving, food-loving people I have ever met. When I told my mom that Karen was going to be on the podcast, she said, Oh, you'll have a blast with her. She's hilarious. And don't worry, she won't care if your oven isn't spotless. Thanks, Mom. Karen lives in Vancouver, Canada, and she's often on TV and radio in British Columbia. She's the founder and owner of The Gourmet Warehouse, a food and housewares emporium that stocks a wide range of products from all over the world. And she doesn't like tofu. Well, she didn't like tofu until she created the spicy Asian glazed tofu, which she made for Sunday night dinner. She's the author of seven cookbooks, and in 1978, she founded Karen's Cooking School, which is Canada's longest-running, privately-owned school. She still spends a lot of time on planes and gets to see and taste things all over the world. I was curious to hear about one of her most memorable meals. I have, as you know, a store called The Gourmet Warehouse, and in order to fulfill and populate that store with incredible, unique fabulously tasty items I have to travel around the world it's such a shitty job but you know what I have to do it and I know it's not you know just one of those things you I know and we're one of the biggest olive oil importers um in western Canada so that's sort of my job my day job and I was in Barcelona last uh, 18 months ago and because Spain is the biggest producer of oil in the world and they supply most of the countries that say product of, but really it's from Spain. They bring it home and then they say, you know, Mm -hmm. it's theirs. But needless to say, Spain produces really good oil. So they also have some great restaurants 
And one of the most memorable meals I've eaten in my entire life was in Barcelona at a restaurant called Tickets. And it was the most unique experience. It was sort of a lot of molecular gastronomy and a lot of things that I, I just like olives that I went to pick up the olive and he slapped my hand because it was all molecular. So you had to pick it up with a spoon and put it in your mouth and you would have sworn it was an olive, but it wasn't. And it's just like, this is incredible to the, making ice cream at the very end, right in front of your table. It was really fun. So tickets, beg, borrow, steal, lie, cheat, whatever you have to do, just get there. Food is a central part of her life. And I asked her about her relationship with Sunday night dinner. Growing up, my mother always made a lovely Sunday night dinner because she worked for Woodward Stores. She was the manager of their restaurants in Vancouver. And Sunday and Monday were her days off, so Sunday night dinner was always that night. Um, All the other nights, I mustered together dinner. And then with my children and them growing up, Sunday night dinner was always that night. And family dinner, always invite friends, always the grandmas, can you come? Of course, open table, lots of food, and yeah, that's how it rolled. See, I I still do it, especially in the summer. I love it. Big barbecues in the summer, set the patio tables outside. I love that because Sunday night is a night you kind of want to stay home. It's a hunker down night. Even in the summer, you're home. People come. I always have them come early in the summer so you can catch more daylight. People generally go home early because it's Monday morning right so it's always easy and casual um what's what's your comfort food generally speaking pasta do most people say that no but I do yes that's my comfort food because I can usually make it from anything and if I don't have anything to make it with I always have two bags of mixed dried wild mushrooms and I will do a wild mushroom sauce And so that I can always muster up and it's so easy. You can make something from nothing. The, the dish that you're making today, tell, tell me about your relationship to tofu. I hated tofu. I never liked it. I thought it, Ooh, this texture, the everything, it's just soft and icky and it tastes, there is no taste. So I thought I'm, my determination was to make tofu taste good and it's damn good. <laughs> awesome. Um, okay, well, let's, let's, um, let's go over here and let's get to it. For this recipe, you'll need one pound of firm tofu, half a cup of rice flour, a third of a cup of roasted grapeseed oil for frying, and the ingredients for the sauce. And we'll get to that in a second. So rice flour is going in a dish. And you definitely want the firm or the medium firm. Soft isn't gonna do it. So I'm just gonna take this over and get the... Now you don't wanna dump all your brine out if you're not gonna use the whole packet. Okay, so I'm gonna leave some of that brine in because tofu likes the brine. And then we are going to cut it into cubes. Uh, depending if you're gonna serve it as an appetizer, if you want it little you, to, to stab with the toothpick, Um, and just slice it. You'll notice that the medium and the firm always slice so much better because they've been pressed and there's, it's nice and dense. I'm just going to jump in here for a second to talk about tofu. Tofu is made by curdling fresh soy milk made from soybeans, 
pressing it into a solid block and then cooling it. It's made kind of in the same way that cheese is made by curdling and solidifying milk. You get rid of the liquid and the curds are pressed to form a cohesive bond. And what's the difference between those textures Karen mentioned? It's all about how much water is pressed out of the tofu. The more water you press out of it, the firmer it gets, and both the fat content and the protein content go up. It doesn't have a ton of flavor on its own, but it easily sucks up flavor from marinades and sauces. It becomes whatever you soak it in and serve it with. It's a blank canvas, and that's what I love about it. Karen is coating it in rice flour so it crisps up on the outside. So um, we're going to blot it dry with a little bit of paper towel and then we are going to cut it into the shape that we want. So I'm going to do them in soldier sticks. So that's about what, a half an inch mm -hmm. by a half an inch by a half an inch. Um, you can do them thinner. Um, if you wanted an appetizer, you could do them into just little cubes and then they can be easily stabbed with a toothpick okay so we'll do two ways and then we're going to just put it into the rice flour and it's just going to dredge and we're going to make sure that it's all covered and you can do that ahead of time because what we're trying to do is suck up the moisture because if it's moist it'll splatter and we don't want that so you can do this way ahead of time and let it sit on a on just a tray um but yeah and then, then we'll just Tap it to shake it off, like so. Fantastic. Yeah, and that's done. So it's super easy, mm -hmm. right? Totally. And nobody, if we have the celiac in the house, they're super happy. Um, I always serve this with my stir fry oh, okay. um, as the side, a side option. Great. Because the, it's the, the sauce is so good. Mm -hmm. So if you like a little bit more garlic. Or less garlic. Okay. You can do, it's not, it's not, we're not baking, so we can feel free. Mm -hmm. It just reminded me when, when you said um, sides. Why did you decide to make this cookbook about sides and starters and salads? Because I've taught cooking for almost 40 years now. And the most questions I get on everything is that everyone knows their main course. They all know what they're gonna do. You know at Christmas, you're gonna do a turkey or a ham or a lamb or something. You know, you know ahead of time. And then you go, oh please, I don't, what am I gonna serve now? I've done this for 22 years. Now, not saying that that beautiful longevity of history and that special dish that you've made since the first day you got married and that your grandma made and then your mom made and now you made. I'm not suggesting for a second you get rid of that dish. Mm -hmm. No, 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 no. You keep that because that is history. But what I'm suggesting is ditch the peas and carrots that nobody invented. Like get rid of the things that you're just doing that's pedestrian. Right. Cauliflower and cheese sauce, I actually love it. My mom made it all the time. It was my favorite thing. Okay, now I'm going to take that and I'm going to change the cauliflower up and we're going to do it two different ways. So I know that, and then you want to provide excitement. Everything now is new, and what, what are you doing? And when you come to the table, you bring all these sides that are different and still your favorite one, it's excitement. It's like, oh, I can't wait to try that. Not, you already know what the turkey tastes like. There's going to be no change there. The turkey is the turkey is mm -hmm. the turkey from when you were two. Mm -hmm. So let's make everything else jump up with excitement. 
Karen put the pieces of tofu covered in rice flour to the side and she started making the sauce. You'll need two tablespoons of soy sauce, two tablespoons of roasted grapeseed oil, two tablespoons of roasted sesame oil, one tablespoon of grated ginger, two cloves of garlic, and two teaspoons of chili paste. Remember, you can go to our website, sundaynightdinnerpodcast.com, anytime to look at the recipe. We're going to mince the garlic. Now, if you don't have a mincer, just chop it up, and then you can make a paste with it with the back of your knife if you have some salt. So we put a little bit of salt down, and then we'll just grind that down. And the salt, what the salt will do is it just gives it sort of a base to grab onto. And we can make a good little paste like this. And then, so you don't always need every gadget in the world mm-hmm. in your house. I always say, yes. you know, the less we have in that kitchen junk drawer, the better. Mm-hmm. Only have things that you use. Speaking from somebody that has a store that's really silly and they always say, what are you thinking? What are you saying? But you know what? People appreciate you selling them less than more because yeah. they have confidence that, you know, it isn't all about the sale. Mm-hmm. It's all about the, that mm-hmm. contentment and no buyer's remorse. Yeah. So, and to have, you know, good quality. Exactly. Whatever. So now but... we need a little bowl and mm-hmm. what we're going to do is we are going to... Um, mix all of our marinade ingredients together. Perfect. So this is, so we're going to take grapeseed oil. I've transformed from cooking in the 80s, I've transformed everything to cooking with grapeseed oil as Mm. my neutral oil. Mm. It's a great stir-fry oil and it can assume high heat. And we used to cook with peanut oil all the time because of the high heat factor. Right. That was super, super important that high heat was was it. Mm-hmm. Olive oil does not have a high smoke point. So if you were going to fry this, we're going to fry this at very high heat. It's going to sizzle, sizzle, sizzle. Olive oil will break down and you'll kill it. So don't spend the money on olive oil because it doesn't work. It starts to smoke at a very low temperature. It is not a frying oil. And if you want to fry with olive oil because you like that flavor, you need to cut it with a canola oil so that it will bring the temperature to a point where it's not going to smoke quite so quickly. It was never intended to be a frying oil. It's, a, it's actually an eating oil. So that's why we use grapeseed. And then um, when you buy your sesame oil, you want to make sure that it says toasted on it. And when you toast it, it smells like fragrant peanut Mm, butter and it's delicious. And then the other thing that's vitally important about the sesame oil is that once you open it up, it must be refrigerated because like any oil that um, is a seed or a nut, it goes rancid very quickly. Three days in your cupboard at room temperature and you can throw it out. So for those listening that have hazelnut or walnut oil in the back of their cupboard that's been there for um, six months, you can kiss it goodbye. (laughs) It's not good. And in your refrigerator, it'll last like a year to 18 months because it's completely stabilized. Okay? Right. So garlic goes in here. And we're just going to give that a little mix up. Now you can make it more garlicky if you want. You just, you know what, that's the joy of savory cooking. If you're a baker, you have to follow all the um, rules. You can't, you can't disassemble 
anything. Because if you do, it puts the whole cake and everything out of whack. Mm -hmm. Not a good thing. Okay, you can't do that. So I'm going to do one more clove of garlic because it calls for two. I'm just going to do two. Okay. And then you've got, um, you could grate in fresh ginger and that's your marinade. Now, this marinade is also great used with, um, like, to pour over beans or broccoli or any, like, um, bok choy. Mm -hmm. Because the dressing yeah. is so Very deliciously delicious. Asian, mm -hmm. and it's so good. So I always like to make a bit more and keep okay. it in the fridge because nothing's going to go sideways with it. And delicious on any veg. Okay, so I I took your advice mm -hmm. and froze, froze the ginger. ginger. Good girl. Okay. And then you take a microplane, mm -hmm. and that's a. This is the best tip. If you're listening, this is probably your winner winner chicken dinner right here. Go buy your ginger at the store, free peel it, put it in a zip bag, freeze it. That's it. Every time you see ginger called for in your recipe, retrieve your little bag of frozen ginger, get your rasper out, your, your microplane, and over your bowl, grate that frozen piece of ginger, and what comes out of the other end is this beautiful, almost like a powdery paste, and it assimilates directly into the sauce, because ginger, if it's old, can be very stringy, mm -hmm. and when the ginger is stringy... It, it doesn't chop well, and you're chopping and chopping, and you're just chopping strings. When it's frozen, it doesn't matter. So any dressing that you do, any slaw, anything, and look at that. It's all in there, and you wouldn't even, there was no effort. Put the piece you're not using back into the zip bag, freeze it for the next time, and that's probably the best way to deal with ginger and it and its intimidating way of fighting you when it's stringy. Yeah, great. So then we're going to heat up our fry pan. Oh, and our, and then the magic ingredient because Ooh, everybody magic. likes spice is chili 2.0. Now this is where you go, big or small, whatever. So our Cote d'Azur brands are brands that we have in-house that are trademarked to the Gourmet Warehouse. Right. And they're all really good quality brands and we call this Chili 2.0. I use it in curry, in sauces, in dressings, wherever I need a oomph. And I use it a lot. So we're gonna get our pan. And we're going to put a little bit of grapeseed oil in there just so that the tofu doesn't stick. Okay. And then we're going to let that heat up. And when that's heated, we're going to put our coated tofu in and then it will get that crunch on the outside and it's still soft on the inside. Going to do all sides of the tofu and when it's cooked, then we will finish it off with the dressing that we just made. And what will happen is it will, because the pan's hot, it will go and it will sort of sizzle and it'll smoke a little bit. And all we want to do is essentially just take the garlic that's in there and the ginger and the hot pan will cook it. So you're not eating raw garlic, right? You don't want that. Mm -hmm. So it'll cook that, enrobe the tofu, done. So you can hear them sizzling. What's the longest you've ever spent trying to create a, a specific recipe that oh, you wanted to make? Right. 
Usually, I should get it in about four goes. Uh -huh. um, if it's more than four goes, I give it six. And if it's still not turning out, no one else wants to do this either. Right. You know what? Now yeah. you're becoming way too high maintenance. And nobody likes high maintenance anybody. Right? Yes. No. Recipes, friends, husbands, <laughs> no high maintenance. No, we're not having that. We want things that are easy and carefree. Yeah. But you can see how it's st starting to mm -hmm. brown up nicely. And you, you want to keep it going. You want to keep your eye on it. That's why you want your... Don't do this and then go away and make your dressing. Not a good idea because once this is ready, it's ready. And you pour your dressing over. Mm, that's good. Mm -hmm. So I use the fingers if it's dinner and the little cubes for um, a, a appetizer party. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so... We're there because we don't want to overdo it. Okay. So we're going to take our, our um, I'm going to just move this over. And I'm just going to mop up a bit of that oil because I don't want residual oil when I put that dressing in. So that's it. If you don't have a lot, don't worry about it. But it's just, you know what makes a good cook from a bad cook and good food from bad food? It's taking the extra steps. And then, turn your heat down low because you don't want this to sizzle and bite you. And then we're going to take that dressing that we made and now we're just going to pour that over like so. Let it shake up. Make sure we coat all the edges in it. So turning them, turning them, turning them like so. Now they just turn from that pale kind of to this beautiful, deep, rich, brown, flavorful, garlic, ginger, yummy marinade. You can smell the Asian influence, oh, yeah. can't it you? So yeah. Good. So super easy. Now, again, you can see how it would work with any veg. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Right? Oh, yeah. So that's it. And then you can garnish with, if you like, you can do cilantro. If you like, you could do sesame seeds, um, anything you like. But there you go. And yeah, they just, they pretty much vanish. Awesome. That looks beautiful. So that was quick and easy. Oh, yeah. Everything yeah. should be doable, quick, easy, and delicious, mm -hmm. most of all. So if you could have Sunday night dinner anywhere you wanted, with anyone you wanted... What would you want? I would do it in Tuscany. I would not be in Florence. I would be outside. Okay. It would definitely be September when it's beautiful and warm and balmy. Be drinking a bottle of Barolo. I would have, first of all, I would have a little bit of pizza to start. Okay. Then I would do a truffle pasta followed by a nice... Uh, heirloom tomato and bocconcini salad. Throw on a few balsamic pearls because you can because you're in Italy. A lot of grilled vegetable and then fire spit roasted chicken. Wow. That's what I would have. Amazing. And who would you have that with? I would have that with my two, um, my high school girlfriend that okay. I've known for 50 years. Okay. And my other girlfriend from um, flying that I've known for like 38 years and then I'd wrestle up some cute guy to join me because their husbands would have to come right 
No, not necessarily. Okay, well then never mind. <laughs> Is it weird for you to get on a plane? As... No, it's heaven. Yeah. Heaven. You don't have to do a thing. Magazines and a wine and the no and I just look at these poor girls and people are so rude and so they they bought a ticket. They didn't buy a license to abuse these people. Like, they are doing a job. Like, just be thankful and nice. And the busier the plane is, the more demanding yeah. people are because they're not getting their... Yeah, no, I don't miss it at all. I loved it when I did it because it afforded me an education I could have never had because I got to fly all over the world and go to school and not pay the price because, you know, that old saying, marry me, fly free. Mm -hmm. I went to school for free. Yeah. So, it... no, now no. No. I just pray for no delays. Thanks so much to Karen McSherry for making tofu in my kitchen. Karen's new book, Starters, Salads, and Sexy Sides, is published by Appetite by Penguin Random House, and it's available everywhere. If you're in Vancouver, check out her incredible store, The Gourmet Warehouse, at 1340 East Hastings Street. They have all kinds of food, cookware, inspiring tools, and they offer cooking classes. Subscribe to Sunday Night Dinner Podcast so you don't miss a single episode. We've got some awesome shows lined up. I had the great pleasure of spending the day with Feist and Adrian Amato while they cooked from their new cookbook, Pleasures, The Meals of an Album. We've also gotten Anaba Duncan making groundnut stew with help from her mom in Ghana, Chef Charlotte Langley, and Marcella DiLeonardo of Hey Modest Mars. Music for the show is created by J.J. Ibsen. I'm Suzanne Hancock. See you soon.